0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. So for this week's Wellness Wednesday, we are gonna have a really quickie little episode about sleep. Now, this is a humongous topic like anything else in health, and we have a previous episode where we talked about sleep. But I wanted to give you guys a really quick little tactical episode that you could listen to that will just give you a few little things that you can try that will improve your sleep. I am sure that you've heard some of these tips, and I'm sure you might be doing some of them, but trying to implement more healthy sleep habits go such a long way because sleep is such a vital component of our health. It is one that's often undervalued. We think that the big important things are, are exercise and diet, when really sleep plays such an important role in our entire picture of health, one that we don't give enough credit to. Most of us are not getting enough sleep each night and contrary to popular belief, you can't just like make up your sleep over the weekend. You can't just be sleep deprived all week and then sleep for 12 hours on a Saturday and have it fix everything. The deficits have an impact and they aren't just fixed with one good night of sleep. So I think we all need to start implementing some things that are going to slowly improve our sleep over time. Things that are sustainable things that just help improve that, that aspect of our lives. And if you have true insomnia or if you're really, really struggling with your ability to sleep, I highly encourage you to see a doctor, see, seek help from someone who is a professional just to make sure that something more serious is not going on or if you need other types of support that only a doctor or physician could offer to you. But let's just dive right into these few quick things that I want to remind you guys of. The first one, I'm sure you've heard this, is to stop scrolling at nighttime or daytime whenever you are going to sleep. If you're a night shift worker, whenever you're about to be going to sleep, make sure that you turn your phone off. And if you can, stop looking at it for 30 minutes to an hour before you're going to be going to sleep. For some of us, That is easier said than done if you are trying to arrange pickup for kids or dropping kids off at school, or if you work on nights and you don't have much time between when you get home and when you want to go to sleep, you may not have the same window. But the idea is to. Take that piece out of your routine because so many of us sit in bed or spend every waking minute scrolling right until we're trying to go to sleep. And it just wakes up your brain, all of that activity. So it's no wonder that so many of us have a hard time sleeping. What it comes down to is that these types of devices, your phone, an iPad, a television, all of these things emit blue light, which I'm sure you've heard about, but blue light interferes with your circadian rhythms. It has an impact on them. It's not like you need to just cut all these things out throughout your entire lives, but if you're trying to sleep, blue light impacts your circadian rhythm tricks your brain into thinking that it's daytime when it's not and can impact the release of melatonin that your brain naturally would release when it's time to go to sleep. So by eliminating that blue light when you're about to be going to sleep, if you do that for 30 to 60 minutes, it helps improve your your balance, essentially restore that circadian rhythm and your normal release of melatonin instead of interfering with it. So just try that this week. Try and set some sort of alarm and maybe just start small. Start with, you know, 10 minutes before bed. Have an alarm set on your phone that just tells you, okay, now it's time to turn your phone off. Or try if you can, if this is possible for you, have your phone in a different room when you're going to bed and try replacing that with a book or something else that can help you fall asleep instead. Next thing is to decrease the temperature of the room that you're trying to sleep in, if it's possible. This can be extra challenging, especially in places like Arizona where it's freaking hot (laughs) in the summertime. But there are a couple tools that you can use. But research has shown us that a cooler sleep temperature really helps improve the quality of sleep. It helps to decrease the number of times that you wake up throughout the night, and it just helps you maintain your body temperature throughout the evening so that you are not waking up hot and then getting cold all- through all of that cycle. And this doesn't have to be complicated. This can be adding a fan to your room, if that's helpful, but just pointing it at you and having that in your room, having it be cooling down that temperature you could if you are already running your air conditioning a lot of people can tolerate a higher temp throughout the day when they are not sleeping whenever that is for you day or night many people can tolerate a higher temperature throughout the day because we're awake and we're moving around but it can help to just change that temperature when it is time to go to sleep to be a little bit cooler to help you sleep throughout the night the other thing and I've talked about this a million times before that I really love is the Uller device by Chili Sleep. So it's a device that it's like a pad that goes over your mattress and it circulates water through that pad essentially that regulates your body temperature. So if you are getting really cold, it will heat the water to maintain the temperature that you set it to. If you are getting really hot, it cools the water to take that temperature down. I swear by this thing. I don't use it all year round now just because sometimes I actually get too cold. But during the summer especially, this thing is a game changer. It keeps me cool throughout the night so that I'm not kicking my blankets off all night and then getting sweaty and then getting cold and that awful cycle that really had interfered with my sleep for a long time. This thing helps so much and the cool part is you can set routines so that for me, I I keep it cold throughout the evening and then when I'm trying to wake up, it has a heating cycle and that actually helps us naturally wake up because we're used to the sun being out and that tells our brain it's time to wake up, so it's warmer. So pretty cool features, but that's just one tool you could use, but you can easily just tweak your air conditioning setting or use a fan or some sort of cooling blanket. Those sorts of things can be really helpful to decrease your body temperature in the evening. And what goes along with all of this is developing some sort of solid sleep routine that works for you. This does not need to be elaborate. It doesn't need to be a 14-step plan that involves masks and facials and like yoga and stretching and meditation and sleepy time tea and sleeping. It doesn't need to be a very complicated. Just something simple. But if you do the same thing each night, it just helps your brain get into a routine and tells it, okay, now this is, time, this is the time that we go to sleep because we're doing these things that we always do before we go to sleep. This is not an instant fix because you have to train your brain to understand this routine, but it can be helpful in building a routine for the future. So this could be as simple as, you know 20 minutes before I'm going to be going to bed I put my phone away I make myself a nice cup of tea or something like that or I get a little heating pad and put it on my my back or something like that and then I read 10 pages of a book every single night you do the same thing but what it takes is just building that practice up and making it a solid routine that your brain can rely on that it knows that it's going to happen. Because then over time, the moment that you put your phone away and you make yourself the tea that you always make, your brain starts to tell itself, oh, it's time to go to sleep. We're winding down. This is what we always do. And it helps kind of decrease the activity in your brain. Instead of all those anxious thoughts, you're just able to drift off into sleep ideally. So building a routine just helps your brain know what's going to happen next and helps train it to know when it's time to go to sleep. I know this sounds like your brain is a dog. It's not. It's far more complicated. But these things can help you. And as I said, this is not instantaneous. You're going to do this for a week and you'll be like, this is stupid. Ashley said it would help and it's not. But really, it's just a long-term practice to start to try and implement, even if it's little things. The Activities around your routine can change and alter, but if you keep little pieces in there, those are triggers for your brain. So just try and build some sort of little routine for yourself that's helpful. It can even be the things that you always do right now, but just start to treat them like a routine. You always wash your face, you brush your teeth, then you sit in bed and maybe instead of scrolling now you're reading a book or doing a meditation or something like that that can be helpful to tell your brain it's time to sleep. Okay, next and nobody likes this one, (laughs) and I don't like this one, but try and avoid alcohol right before you're going to sleep. So many of us use alcohol as like a way to relax, a way to decompress, um, as a way to shut our brains down and kind of use it as a nightcap. But here's the deal. While that alcohol may help you feel more relaxed and it may even help you fall asleep, it interferes with your body's ability to stay asleep. It messes with your circadian rhythms. It messes with the release of chemical messengers in your brain that happen during sleep and makes you more likely to wake up throughout the night. For some people, it also doesn't help them fall asleep. But for many of us, we think that it's helping because we fall asleep faster. But in reality, it typically does far more harm harm than good when it comes to our sleep. So again with this, I'm not saying that you need to just suddenly cut out all your alcohol and that alcohol's the devil and it causes all your problems. That's not true. But maybe we can just tweak our routines around alcohol when it comes to our sleep. Instead of thinking that alcohol is going to help us sleep, we can have a drink when we come home from work and enjoy that drink and let it help us relax a little bit, but then maybe switch to something that's actually going to help you sleep as a beverage that you use as a nightcap so there are tons of fun drinks that they make nowadays that are non-alcoholic that instead add things like certain herbs or certain antioxidants or supplements that they build into these really tasty drinks that actually are designed to help you sleep or help you relax rather than just getting that buzz and then having it interfere with your sleep throughout the night as it would with alcohol The thing about alcohol too is that it makes you have to get up and pee throughout the night because it is a diuretic, which can also be problematic and interfere with your sleep. So really just try and tweak this habit a little bit. It doesn't have to be, like I said, cold turkey, just stop drinking alcohol because there's nothing wrong with getting home from work, especially the work that we do is stressful enough that you can have an alcoholic beverage when you want to, but just try and be a little bit more mindful about how close you're getting to when you want to go to sleep and maybe try and switch to something different so that you can sleep throughout the night. And then lastly, this one's sort of related, but definitely different in itself. Don't try and catch up on your water intake right before bed. Again, you'll be peeing all night and that is not helpful for your sleep. But unfortunately, as nurses, many of us do not drink any water or not enough water during our shifts because we're so busy and we're running around. So when we finally have a moment after our shift or once we get a breather for a second, we just end up trying to make up for all the water we didn't drink because we're so dehydrated that we're probably so parched and really thirsty. So then we chug a bunch of water and we keep chugging it all night before we have to try and go to sleep because we're trying to make up for the fact that we didn't drink enough water during the day. So again, easier said than done, but just Make an effort this week to try and drink your water throughout the day, even if it's just in small sips, and avoid just chugging a bunch after your shift because you're going to be trying to go to sleep within a couple hours or a few hours. And if you have been trying to drink a bunch of water all night, you're going to be up all night trying to pee, and that's not helpful. Or you're going to be in bed with a full bladder trying to make yourself fall back asleep because you don't want to get up because you know it's going to mess with your sleep, and it just becomes a vicious cycle. So try not to make up for your lost water intake during the day at, in the evening as much as possible. And this is for any of your liquids that you're consuming at night. I know I said, like, you can have a tea or this drink or whatever. Be aware of when you're consuming it and what impact it might have on your need to go to the bathroom during the night because that's not helpful for your sleep either. Okay. And I know I said lastly, but I'm going to throw one on that you're not going to like, but try and. Stop consuming caffeine at least a few hours before the end of your shift. So at like 2 a.m. or p.m., whatever, if you end at 5 or end at 7, you stop drinking at like 2 or something like that. Set some sort of ba- boundary for yourself that you can stick to. And I know we're exhausted. We're just trying to survive on night shift. You're just trying to get through your shift. And so it's really easy to reach for that caffeine. But the later that you drink it, the more impact it has on your sleep after your shift. And even if you don't think it has an impact, I know I'm I'm one of these. I'm like, oh, no, caffeine doesn't do anything. I can fall asleep at the drop of a hat, even though I've just just drank coffee. You'd be surprised at the impact that it actually is having on the quality of your sleep, even if you can fall asleep Okay. A lot of times the quality of our sleep is highly impacted by the stimulants that we consumed not long before we went to bed. So just keep that one in mind. I know you don't like to hear it, but just try and be mindful of when you're consuming caffeine and when you're going to be trying to go to sleep. All right, guys, this one was short and sweet. I just wanted to give you a few little things that you could try and implement this week to slowly improve your sleep over time because you'd be so surprised at the impact that that can have on your energy, on your goals. If you're trying to lose weight, sleep deprivation has such an impact on your body composition and your ability to lose weight or gain weight, whatever your goal actually is, has such an impact. So trying to improve this habit can be so impactful throughout your life. So I hope you guys can try a couple of these this week. If you do, let me know. I would love to see you do this. And if this episode was helpful for you, definitely share it with a friend. That's the intention here. We want to build a community and share this message. And I really appreciate you being here with me. I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way, we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.